Hey guys, before we get to the show, a couple things we wanted to hit you with. Number one, and this is really the most important, we wanted to give a shout out to our new friend James, who just joined us on Patreon.com. Johnny, you're going to slow clap? Nice. All right, sure. Hang on. Let me do it. Yeah. All right, we got to get in. There it is. Okay. It's getting. Yeah, it's good. I'm just doubling up. Too right long. there. If you, what is Patreon, Johnny Summers? Tell people what that is if they don't know. Patreon is an amazing uh, crowdfunding type website where people that create original content can be supported by people that enjoy said content. Perfect. So if you make a podcast and someone likes it, they give you a dollar or two per episode, the podcast keeps going. Yes. In addition to keeping on going, we also do certain fun things. For example, we do mini episodes. Which if you if you just join for a dollar an episode, you get access to these mini episodes. We put out one a week. They're ten minutes where we sum up a movie that we surprise each other with every week. It's a blast. We do it in ten minutes. It gets very stressful in the last minute because it goes ding. What does it do? Boom, boom, boom. And then we're like, oh, we gotta go. So that's one. That's one dollar all the way up to like ten bucks an episode. You can be on the show with us, which is a perfect transition because if you are on Patreon currently you will have seen an update in your email address talking about our next event coming up January 13th. Is that right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Sure. Sure. Okay. Maybe it's the 12th. I can't remember off the top of my head, but Patreon folks, Patreon patrons, check your emails. We can't wait to have you at the event. If you'd like to join us at that event, find us at patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. If you don't want to come to our event that day in January, but you do want to go out to eat, Johnny, do you have any ideas where our sweet listeners could go? Yeah. This episode, as always, is supported by The Handlebar, located on 20th Street in Chico, California. They what, are, what? Yeah. They are a craft beer bar and restaurant that has recently remodeled with more taps and an expanded menu, and they have partnered with this podcast. And it's the bee's knees. It's really phenomenal. Uh, they've got a killer happy hour every single day, 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off every draft beer, uh, and they support this podcast. Go check them out. The Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street, right here in Chico. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome once again, or if you've never been for the first time, to another episode, or if you've never been your first episode of Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about craft beer and movies. My name is Max Minardi. That was so confusing. Thank you. My name's Johnny Summers, and I translate the things that he says. You should, actually. Yeah. If you've been here before, hi. If you haven't, hi. Bienvenidos to you. Welcome. Yeah. I yes. don't know what that means. It means welcome All in right. Spanish. I feel like we'll have some Spanish phrases in this episode. Si. Because we're talking Spanish stuff today, kind of. Si. Uh, we're covering some fun beers that Johnny picked out and the new Disney Pixar film Coco, uh, which we'll get into in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about this beer. Yeah, we're, we're jumping right into the beer. Uh, jumping we went, right in. I went super themed this week uh, with a South of the Border type theme. Uh, we picked some really fun stuff. This one we are drinking right now is called El Sully. It is from 21A. Translation, what? The Sully. Yeah, exactly. Good work. Here to help. Yeah, solid. So 21A. 21st Amendment Brewing uh, did this beer. It is an American adjunct lager or a Mexican-style lager. It is available year-round, and it is a crisp Mexican-style lager with light notes of spice from Northern Brewer Hops. And it is really good. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. This is very similar to a uh, an import lager like you would get in your Coors. Not, maybe not your Coors Light. That's an American beer, but like your uh, Coronas. 
your Dos Equis maybe? Yeah, it's, it's got a bit more. It's uh, I had a feeling if you poured it in a glass, it'd be a little bit darker. Oh, really? Yeah, we're drinking it out of the can, fair to mention, because the can Ooh. art is dope, Are and wrong. it is not dark. No. It's very light. It looks like a Corona. Yeah. Right? I love it. I love Corona. Sure. So. They're a little skunky for my taste, but this has none of the skunk, all of the funk. Not mm. really. That's not a... I just did it to rhyme. It doesn't have any funkiness. So that's clever. Not what I meant. <laughs> You're so damn clever, son. Yeah. Well, but you, you like this. Yeah, I do. I really like it. It's nice and light and refreshing. And um, I got it, obviously, because it's a Mexican style <clears throat> lager. And we're doing a very, you know, Mexican slash Spanish. What's the more appropriate turn of phrase? Are you talking about Mexico or Spain? Are you talking about languages or cultures? Oh, my God. I don't know. If you're talking about culture. I'm talking about the movie, man. Yeah, Mexican. Mexican. Yeah. That's fair. For sure. Just sounds like a very, like an oversimplification. No, I don't think so. Okay. So, yeah, Mexican-themed beers are sure. kind of yeah. what's happening throughout the show. Mm-hmm. This one being a Mexican lager. And also, young Maxwell, if you'd be so kind as to describe that beautiful can. I will, yeah. It's uh, It's got this very traditional Mexican, uh, I'm not going to say a poncho. Oh, no, it is a poncho in it. There's a little head hole at the top. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a little beer can poncho. Cool. Well, it's this, it's this three-colored, it's this turquoise and orange, red, and yellow. And on both sides of the can, it's the opposite side of the poncho. And it's looks like a hand-drawn kind of cartoony thing. It's really, really nice. Um, I want to read the back of the can, too, because I think there's some history. I don't know if we learned it all. Do but it. it says, you are closer to him right now than most people will ever be. Wait. Sorry, the can, it's the can thing. Then most people will ever, oh, have the good fortune to be. Excuse okay. me. Who's him? El Sully, bro. Now, who's that? Do you know? Oh. You mentioned that it was something, but I don't know if we read it. I have no idea. He's a guy that 21st Amendment thought they should name a beer after. Yeah. Maybe we'll figure that out by the end of the episode. Maybe, Maybe. not. We don't know. The information I was given has been very vague. Yes. I feel like uh, in the interest of protecting El Sully's true identity, we won't dwell too long. Cool. Um, again, I don't know if you said this, but it's 4.8%. Yeah. Right there in the lager uh, ballpark. Yeah. Super light, super sessionable. I mean, g- grab a six pack of this, drink it all day. You That's what I mean? we're doing. Yeah. So we're going to be kind of sipping on this beer throughout the, yeah. the episode tonight. Sure. We want to touch on it immediately just to throw it out there. It's really good. Uh, it comes in a really cool six-pack box, <clears throat> which is kind right. of like the That's current their trend thing. right now. Yeah, All of their beers, yeah. And they've got really cool label art. All of their beers mm-hmm. that I've seen are, are really like vibrant and eye-catching. Have we done um, a 21? I'm sure we've done a few. We've done... Uh, have we, though? We must have. Dude, I know. didn't we do the Hell or High Watermelon? Yes, of course we did. Probably. For Hell or High Water? No, we didn't. No, we didn't, actually. No, we didn't. But that would have been That would have just been way too obvious. Pretty uh, sure we didn't because we don't like that beer. Right. And that's, I think, the conversation we had. That was our first episode and we talked about it. And I think we went, we went with the field work in that beer that I had from Washington. Oh, yeah. The the strong ale. Yeah. Or the old ale. Are those synonymous? I'm not sure. Could be old and strong. Sure. Old man strength is a thing. Right. Um, but yeah, no, this is really good. You want to give me out of 10? So we can move right along. Yeah. As far as just loggers go, I mean, it's a very, it's kind of an uncraft craft style. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Totally. Like it's gained prominence within the last like year or two. Like craft brewers realized they needed to put out something like super light and sessionable for mm-hmm. summer. So you saw a few more like craft loggers come out. And I think this one really hits the nail on the head. Like this one, there's a few more like Oscar Blues did one Mexican style mm-hmm. lager, Vienna style loggers. So loggers sure. have been making a comeback in the craft industry. And I mean, this is a really solid representation. I'm right. going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Solid. I would drink this all day. I would really like a little bit of lime in it. Mm-hmm. It'd be so nice. Sometimes I get on um, sort of a high crafty beer horse. Okay. When I think like, when I see people drinking a, you know, a non-craft beer, 
Um, and I realize that's not a good mentality, but I sort of have the same feeling about these loggers. Like um, they're just too simple for you or not that it's just, well, kind of, I guess, but I, I realize my feelings are more about the mass produced beers. So I'm like, if you like that style of beer and you're buying it from a craft brewery, good on you. Sure. You know, like I'd, I'd much rather do a sixer of this than Corona. Yeah. Um, for, for the ethics of it, you know, it makes sense. Um, it's real good though. I, I'm not a huge fan of the style necessarily. Okay. Um, so it's like a six for me. See, I am. It's this fine. is right in my wheelhouse. I drink stuff like this every weekend because, uh, you know, little peek into the personal life, get burned out on craft beer sometimes. Oh, Sometimes you need to take a little break. Really? Drink something. I don't a have that lighter. feeling. I think maybe the idea is like well, you're young, drink Maxwell. beer for a little bit. You're young. They aren't. No, you just, well, when you do that, don't you just drink like bourbon? Well, if I'm still drinking, yeah, but I've been on a kick of Capri Suns lately. I've, now it's a time to shout it out. Brian, my friend Brian's here taking some photos. There are going to be some new photos on our social medias of us. Is he a Capri Sun enthusiast? So like, like last what? week, Brian what? and I were hanging out and we bought these Capri Suns. We had them at my house and we drank probably, what do you think, man? Like the whole... The whole box. Of a lot them. of Capri Suns. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they're great. They're very sugary, very concentrated. You know what a Capri Sun is. I yeah. don't have to describe that you to anybody. Dab it with a yeah, spoon. Yeah. Uh, spoon? Uh, oh, yeah. Robin Hood shout Whatever, back. man. Yeah. Robin Hood. Robin Hood shout back. Um, <laughs> no, a straw. Uh, you always have yes. to stab it with the straw, and then a lot of times it just yeah. shoots oh, out of the straw. Oh, that's never happened to me. I think you're gripping it too hard. It's never happened to you before, huh? No, it's, I mean, whatever. That is tough to get the straw out of the plastic sometimes. That's, That's tricky. You gotta get the, 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 yeah. But whatever. then if you're doing that and it, it bends down bend the pointy the part, oh, it's a nightmare. then you can't you get it in. A, you're basically using a spoon. It's terrible. At that point. It's dull, you twit. Anyways, uh, this feels like a good transition. I want to talk about a highlight of my week. Uh, in addition to the Capri Sun adventure, um, I saw a movie that I've been wanting to see for a while. Is this something that has got you up? Yeah, you could say that. Oh. It's The Lobster. And I want to talk about that movie very briefly here. All right. I've had a thing lately where I've been going over films that have been released by A24, a production production studio that we've talked about. They did Moonlight. They did a ghost story. They did a whole slew of of films that we've liked. Um, And The Lobster was on there. It stars Colin Farrell as this sort of, um, well, it's a suspended reality where you have a society that puts a lot of emphasis on couples and being single is not allowed. So it's basically, he checks into this hotel where you have like 45 days to meet your mate. Otherwise you're turned into an animal and live out your days that way. And it's dark and it's super, super funny and it's amazing. That um, sounds like everything that I enjoy. Yeah. I saw it on Amazon prime video. Um, okay. I, you can rent it at this point. I think if you still do the movie store thing, like I do, but I just happen to see it on Amazon Prime Video, and I'm new to Prime, so this is fun. It is fun. I love Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's great. I've ordered too many things. Yeah, um, gotta, there should be a breathalyzer for Amazon Prime. Like you, you've had too much Prime. No, yeah. like you've had too much to drink. Oh, I You're see. You're not allowed right, to order okay. anything yeah, sure. from Amazon Prime. Right. Cool. So the Lobster, huh? The Lobster. Yeah, it's a 2015 movie directed by Igoros Lanthimos. He's a Greek director. Um, I can't think of some of his other work off the top of my head. I know I've never seen it, um, but it also stars Rachel Weiss, uh, Jessica Barden. Who else here? Um, there's a really funny appearance by John C. Riley, um, and a whole whole bunch of fun folks. He's always a hoot. He's always either a hoot or the worst, if you ask me. <laughs> that's fair, but you know, he's he's yeah. That's my jaded opinion. Anyways, that's what's got me up this week. I'm cool. uh, really digging the lobster. I also saw Shooting Stars last night because there was a meteor shower. I saw so. one this morning driving to work before sure. the sun came up. Yep. So uh, in dwarven mythology, they're very bad luck. Dwarven mythology. Yeah. 
Why are you saying that like it's real? <laughs> like, I thought you meant like, uh, you know, it's like It's totally Nordic. not, but it, it makes me happy. Sure. I mean, the Nordic gods are just as real as dwarven gods. Yeah. I've also been rereading Lord of the Rings. I saw that so on that your Instagram. Clicked. Oh, yeah, sure. You had like a latte. Yeah, I had a cappuccino, please. Whatever, dude. Um, it was yeah. foamy and pretty. Yeah, it was great. There was some art on top of it in Indeed. the foam. It was very nice. Yes. Proud of you. Tell me about you. Great books. Thank you. By yes. the way. I didn't write them. No. <laughs> Thank you. They but are no, great. <laughs> I have a lot of pride for uh, those. You're welcome. Yeah. Sure. Uh, no, they are cool. Like um, last year, Shalina got me like a leather bound version of like the Omnibus that has like all three of the Lord of the Rings in one cool. big, just <clears throat> girthy. It's right. amazing. Yeah. So what's got me up this week, guys? Um, it's kind of a bit of perspective uh, for me. I read this article, and it really made me stop and think. Okay. Um, I want you to sit back, and I want you to think about what your life would be like if you'd never been to the movie theater. Ever? Ever. Why would that be the case? In your whole life. No, just think about it. Just pretend that movie theaters don't exist. Whoa. I can't even imagine. It would be really weird, right? This podcast wouldn't be here. I know my life would be a lot different. Yours would be different. I mean, a lot of my childhood was spent being taken to the movies. Uh, That's what it's been like in Saudi Arabia since 1980-ish. Ish? Do I have that right? Right in there? I think it was more of a a thing over over a few years, the early 80s. Yeah. So in Saudi Arabia, um, cinemas or movie theaters were banned very early uh, in probably getting to the prime of like pop culture era of movies. Right. You know, the 80s were a very turning point time in cinema for young people. And there were no movie theaters in Saudi Arabia due to what, religious reasons? Yeah, I think the director, or the director, the dictator at the time uh, thought that they were counterintuitive to their religious and cultural beliefs. Yeah. So he's like, no more theaters. Interestingly enough, movies themselves were not banned. Yeah, just movie theaters. Just theaters. The experience of like going right. to a movie theater and seeing a brand new movie, mm-hmm. like going to a, the opening night. <clears throat> you know, that's crazy to think about. Yes. Like imagine never going to a movie. So for 35 years, that's been the case, which is like, so there's people that are in their young adulthood. No, people that are never, our age in yeah, Saudi Arabia. Never I mean, gone to see a movie. What year were you born? 91. I was born in 87. Right. So, so people older than us. People older than us have never been to a movie in Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia, and that bums me out. Yes. So stop thinking that because it is no more. Boom. Super exciting news. Um, a 35-year-old ban on cinemas in Saudi Arabia has been overturned as the socially conservative kingdom's effort to liberalize, liberalize gain pace. I love that you're, yeah, uh, you're I'm sorry, I'm trying to read the computer here. All right. Basically, they're allowing movie theaters again, thanks to this super forward-thinking dude named <coughs> Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. He's kind of a gangster. He let women drive recently. Not sure if that's 100% his fault, yeah, but I'm giving him credit for it. Don't say his fault. <laughs> uh, yeah. But- no, I'm not sure if I can give him full credit for that, but he's definitely like leading the charge towards modernization. Yes. And the fact that he lifted a ban on movie theaters is something that's super crucial to the artistic uh, development and like forward thinking and just embracing the arts and the cinema, which, as you guys know, is very important to us here at Fresh Hop right. Cinema. Yeah, he's uh, he's put in place this new, or he's working on a, a new incentive called Vision 2030. Um, and it's like you were saying, like this uh, 
this movement to kind of uh, modernize and liberalize Saudi Arabia. Um, and it says here that they had an anticipated 300 theaters opening, and by 2030, they'll have 2,000. That's so cool. That's great. That's so cool. So that's where Saudi Arabia is now. Yeah, and quite frankly, that should get all of you up because that's yeah. got me so far up that people can just go to the movies like normal people in 2017 right now. I think it's great. Yeah, that's huge. Good work. Um, yeah. All that said, we're going to jump to a break. We're going to come back, talk about Coco, the new film about things that we will tell you in just a minute right after this. Listen up, man. Hear this? Oh! I know. Wonder what that was? You know what it was. You can see me. It was, was a beer. Burr. A burr. And I want to tell you, Johnny, my friend, where I got this beer. Where'd you get that burr? I got it here in Chico, where we are right now at Spike's Bottle Shop. That is a bottle shop, a liquor and beer and snack place on 1270 East First Avenue that's right off the freeway, right by that giant gym here in town. Yeah, if you don't feel like working out, walk cross street, get yourself six pack. Exactly. And even better for our listeners, Spikes has partnered with us to give those listeners 10% off just for knowing our super secret passcode, which is FHC. That's right. Super secret promo code FHC for 10% off at checkout. So go on down to Spikes, grab any beer you want, say FHC at checkout, get 10% off, and enjoy yourself. Treat yourself. Cheers. And we're back from our break. It was a good break. Thanks for hanging out. We have now some fun photos that have been taken that you will see on all of our stuff. So thanks to Brian Massa for that. Yeah, he's a gangster. Gangsta. Taking some beautiful pictures. Stole my soul. Indeed. Stole it. It's gone. Uh, you should get that back, man. You need that. I guess. Uh, I'm going to read you something. I'll text him later. It's fine. Here's read, the thing. Read to me. Despite This is not about Brian. Despite his family's baffling generations old ban on music, Miguel dreams of becoming an accomplished musician like his idol, Ernesto de la Cruz. Desperate to prove his talent, Miguel finds himself in the stunning and colorful land of the dead, following a mysterious chain of events. Along the way, he meets charming trickster Hector, and together they set off on an extraordinary journey to unlock the real story behind Miguel's family history. I will give you a dollar if you can tell me what movie I just described. Uh, would that be Coco? Coco is correct, although the format was wrong. The answer we were looking for is, what is Coco? I didn't know this was Jeopardy. Jeopardy always. You do not look like Alex Trebek. I do, in my own way. You're far less Canadian. Canadian? Yeah. I am. Uh, before we get too into this, we're going to play you a clip from the trailer of Coco. Enjoy. Uh, it's you. You're going to get me in trouble, Dante. Someone could hear me. I wish someone wanted to hear me. Other than you. Okay. I know I'm not supposed to love music. No music. No music. <laughs> but my great-grandma Coco's father was the greatest musician of all time. Papa. Ernesto de la Cruz. One day, he left with his guitar and never returned. No, my family thinks music is a curse. Great-great-grandfather, none of them understand me. I'm supposed to play music. All right, who's in there? I'm sorry. What's going on? I'm just dreaming. Do you mind? <gasps> Welcome to the land of the dead. Dante, clean up! You gotta stay with me, boy. This isn't a dream, then. You're all really out there. Agents at the Department of Family Reunions are available to assist you. Please be on the lookout for a living boy. Miguel, you're here. We're your family, mijo. I 
know your great great grandpa. I'll get you to him. All right, once again, that is a clip from the new film Coco by Disney and Pixar, written and directed by Lee Unkrich and co-directed by Adrian Molina, starring Anthony Gonzalez, Gail Garcia Bernal, and Benjamin Bratt. Uh, Johnny Summers, what did you think of this movie? I could not have loved it more. At all? I don't think I could. No, it was good. It was so good. Yeah. um, This movie was... God bless you. Thank you. There was a cough. Thank you. Uh, Do you you not want God's blessing, sir? I'll take it. Whatever. I'll take it back. Okay. Fine. Be that way. Anyway, this movie was magical. It was everything you want in a feel-good animated family film. It had a great plot. It really had good writing. I really enjoyed some of the plot twists, mm-hmm. and there was a little. There was bit, a nice, a, a nice amount of twist. There was a nice amount of twist, and you can tell that that was directed towards the adults that would be watching it with their children, which I appreciate. Also, I love the the goofy humor. It's got that. It's got the bad jokes. It's got. I mean, it's got everything that you really want out of um, a Disney Pixar movie. Sure. So overall, they nailed it. Agreed. I, uh, it hits a lot of the familiar notes that we've gotten used to over the past, you know, however long Disney Pixar has been a thing. Yeah. Um, you have like the the animal sidekick and the the wise elder. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But what you don't usually see uh, is this very strong focus um, in 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 not even so much of a um, commodity kind of way of like a full other culture. Yeah. Um, as a white person, it was my great. experience of like Dia de los Muertos, which is what ha- we'll get in that in a minute, but um, has been like white people painting their faces. Mm. I'm like, ah, oh, I guess that's what that holiday is. Yeah. Um, but I think this movie does a really good job adding some real cultural context to what that's all about and what family life is about um, and that sort of thing. So I enjoyed that as well, in addition to what you said. Cultural context, <laughs> as well as just some really fundamental information mm-hmm. about this holiday. Which is was definitely lacking in my mind. Sure, like I didn't. Uh, I learned a lot about Dia, Dia de los Muertos uh, from this movie. It's it's really weird saying things with an accent. Just like just dropping three, it just in three words. I, I hate yeah. it when people do that too. Really, I feel like it's appropriate. You know, his like, name is Miguel. No, Miguel. His name is Miguel. Yeah, I mean it's 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 proper. I feel like I owe it to the 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 culture to at least try to pronounce it as even as I might not do it that well. That's fair. I'll give it a shot. Huh. Yeah, no, I mean, I learned a lot, a lot about the holiday and the traditions and why they do what they do and where all of the imagery comes from. Mm-hmm. It was really neat. Yeah, I, I had similar feelings to this as I did when we watched Moana as far as, uh, not culturally, but but visually, the, the film, it was just so, so pretty. So pretty. Yeah, and there's a little bit that came on in the theater before the movie started, and it was, um, it, I believe it was a couple of the animators um, as well as the director talking about um, the the... It's just so I couldn't avoid hearing it, so I just figured I'd let everybody hear it as well. I'm sorry. Um, just like the work that goes into creating a scene. There's a scene where uh, Miguel crosses over into into the land of the dead, and you see kind of where they're living. Um, it's this really bright, colorful, ethereal city. It was and really they, big too. Yeah, and they talk about like the 800 million lights that they had to, uh, you know, computer generate into that. It's it's just a really phenomenally beautiful movie. It was the the attention to detail was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the animal sidekick thing in Dante, yeah. Dante the dog. He was so, he reminded me of my cat. Yeah. I've got a really dumb cat <laughs> that just licks everything. Right. His name's Trip, and he's very much just like the goofy human mm-hmm. side. He follows me around. Like, he, mm-hmm. that, that dog reminded me of that right. cat. Like, right. so hard. So, yeah, I was fully behind. 
I'm fully behind animal sidekicks in any way, shape, or form. Yep. Um, I was obvious. So again, we mentioned this in the beginning, but this kid Miguel has been in a family. Obviously, he's been in his family his whole life, but his family over the generations have slowly but surely scorned music because uh, many generations ago, uh, the patriarchal figure was a musician that left his family behind. And so therefore, for the rest of time, music is bad. We now make shoes. That's a thing. Yeah, it was pretty much beaten over the head, the fact that the patriarch left for music over family. Mm -hmm. So therefore, um, music is none. Um, and can you help me here? I wish so badly that I'd written it down. But what do you call the shrine of ancestors? Oh, do you God. happen to remember? No, dag nabbit. It was like a. I oh. I'm gonna keep talking. Would you find out? No, the yeah. Okay. Uh, tell me about the the actors in this movie. I know that what was the little the young kid's name? The main guy that played Miguel. Yeah, Anthony Gonzalez. Dude, he's a beast. Yeah, he actually had a nice singing voice as well. But um, I'm trying to think where I was going with that. Oh, right. Um, so music is not good in their family, but and that's been great for generations. But now this kid Miguel has this knack for music, and um, he discovers that his uh, his great great grandfather was actually this very famous musician. And so he decides, well, okay, that's my path in life. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna follow my dreams, and I'm gonna become this. And uh, one thing leads to another, and through this very uh, funny and interesting twist of the narrative, he ends up crossing over into the land of the dead. Um, and he meets all of his old relatives, and they have to figure out a way to get him back. Um, and I think it all works out pretty well. Yeah, it was really nice. I also related quite a bit, obviously, as a musician to the uh, to oh. the um, his story in general, like being a musician trying to pursue your dreams, and even if it's not what everybody says you should do. Yeah, I was wondering how that hit you as a musician, just like music being a very central theme to this whole film. Totally. There's like one. There's one pretty big plot twist that happens, but before that, there's this strong message. It's like no, like your dreams are the best, especially like with regards to music. Like that's perfect. Do what you got to do the whole time. Seize your moment. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. And then something happens and I'm like, ah, oh, I might be wrong. Right. <laughs> um, so whatever. yeah. Yeah. So just a little bit of information, uh, going back to what we were talking about a moment ago, uh, the day of the dead altars are known as alteras de muertos or ofrendas. Ofrendas. That's right. Uh, are set during the day of the dead celebrations on November 1st and 2nd to honor the dead children and adults of your family. Uh, Day of the Dead celebrations are based in the belief that the souls of the ones gone can come back in this world on these days. That's a very central theme of this film. Mm -hmm. And one, um, obviously, it's kind of a mystical idea. But one of the main premises is that once people stop remembering you and you're in the land of the dead and the people in the land of the living don't put your picture up and stop remembering you, you kind of get nixed out of the land of the dead. You get forgotten. Yeah. And they called it the final death and sure. you kind of just dissipate your skeleton body in the land of the dead is no more and you're just poof gone. Yeah. It's like the end of the end. Right. So that was kind of a, a recurring theme where, you know, it was, I mean, obviously kind of a mythical situation, but that's the importance of the pictures on the, what did we just call them? Hmm. Can <laughs> we just write it down? Cause this happened last time. Last time this happened was a with friend a, a friend. Of, we need to write it down yeah. cause it's going to come up. But when we did fantastic beasts, we couldn't remember or one of, it was me. I couldn't remember obscurial. Oh yes. And to this day that, that word haunts Obs me. Oh, frienda. Okay. Frienda. <clears throat> it's weird. They start with the same. Obscurial ofrenda. Yeah. I'm going to write it down. Obscurial ofrenda. All right. Oh, friend. Sorry about That's this. your rapper name. <laughs> obscurial. Obscurial ofrenda. Obscurial ofrenda. Um, yeah, that's your rapper name. Right. I was having a conversation the other day with my, my buddy and somehow it came up. Uh, we were talking about like sea life. Great. I don't know why it just came up, but you're, he was a, your rapper name should be the, um, 
anonymous and enemy. All right. Cool. Like, Dude, you could just spit some hot bars off it's that. Threatening yet not threatening at yeah, the same time, exactly. which I think is nice. Exactly. Um, anything you didn't like about Coco? Cacao. Hmm. Cacao. I had to say that once. <laughs> Been trying not to say it the whole time. Yep. You know what? No, man. There there wasn't much to dislike about this movie, honestly. It was really yeah. good. I, I loved the the mainline injection of uh mariachi music into mm-hmm. the whole film. Was beautiful. I love Spanish guitar. Sure. I love I love a lot of that music and the the meter of it and the influence it's had on a lot of popular music today. I really dug the music in this movie and I think it was it was a very central theme and I thought that it was carried out in the whole film very gracefully and very tastefully. I loved the music in this movie. No, I can't think of anything I didn't really like by you. Well put. Um no. I, everything that you just said, I agree with. I want to touch on a couple points. One, if you're here looking for our review of Olaf's Frozen Adventure, you're not getting it. Get it didn't out. show in my screening. I it, showed up late on purpose. But I don't think it showed in yours either. Good. Um, so that's not here. Um, secondly, parents. There's a lot of kids' movies coming out. We saw a lot of kids' movies previews. Uh, you didn't, but no, I, I did. I saw Ferdinand. <clears throat> sure, that's out now. Yeah. But there's movies coming out, and I was kind of getting bummed out because a lot of these movies looked really bad. Um, I can't remember what they were called, but there were a bunch that I was like, I don't, I can't wait to not see these movies. And I'm not going to see them probably because they're kids movies, but I was pleasantly surprised by how good Coco was. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, it's one of those ones kind of like Moana where it caught me by surprise. Mm. Um, when you think about it, there's a lot of similarities between this film and Moana as far as just immersing uh, the audience in a foreign culture mm-hmm. and sure. the songs of that culture and just their traditions and the history and the gods and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So I think um, in that way, it's very similar to Moana. And if you really enjoyed Moana, you're going to love this movie. Agreed. I think too, like from the perspective of an adult, uh, not necessarily drawing a connection to Moana, but this film deals with uh, a lot of topics that I'm very interested in. Yeah. And take like the passing of time or mortality. A lot of the reasons I love the ghost story, right? Yeah. That sort of thing. And it's very applicable, even if you're not a kid. This isn't necessarily necessarily necessarily, necessarily a story that only applies. To, it's not a story about um, kids learning how to communicate with each other better, yeah. or whatever, or no, even yeah, whatever. I can no, there's movies, but th- there's <clears throat> a there's a palpable depth in mm-hmm. the movie uh, because it deals with a lot about mortality. Yeah. It really, I mean, the Dia de los Muertos holiday itself is about mortality and the fact that you will die. And it's all about remembering the people in your family that have died. And that's super important. And it it harps upon the note of humanity that wishes to be remembered, Mm -hmm. you know, and it really kind of evaluates that. And it gives you a lot of very introspective questions about things like that. And it makes you think. Yeah. And I never thought I would say that a Disney Pixar movie was thought provoking. I would disagree. I think a lot of them have, but it's not certainly not your first thought. You're like, all right, I'm going to get ready to no, look, in, <laughs> look into myself. You don't anticipate those feelings right. going into a movie. But yeah, I mean, a lot of them do really lead to deeper thought. But I mean, mm-hmm. this one in particular, just because it deals with, you know, the life and death aspect of, right. of culture and the way that this particular culture looks at it. Right. I think there's certainly something to be said, too, for the, the, um, maybe importance we put on what we leave behind. Yeah. And I think that's a central conflict. You have, um, let's see, not saying too much, I guess. You have a character 
who who makes their who made their life on their musical career and that's sort of what they left that's what we said in the beginning basically left the family behind to pursue music sort of thing yep and you get the vibe that that's a good thing and that's what he pursued and that was cool um but then further on in the movie you start to question it's like is that really what's important and it makes you ask not only in the context of that character but in in families and your own life a little bit like what is important which, yeah. yeah which is more to your point like Heavier yeah. stuff. It brought up some serious <clears throat> issues of like priorities and 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 what's really important in life, and it was it was done in a way that is entirely palpable. Yeah, it it, it doesn't really become abrasive at any point. It it's, really is. Yeah. It's <clears throat> nice. It's just nice. It's a nice tied up little package of a movie. And I don't want to overstate this too. If you're not going into if you're not going to see the movies because you want this deep head trip, you can still go and just enjoy this movie with your kids. It's just a perfectly wonderful, enjoyable movie. Yeah. You can zone out, enjoy the songs, and eat popcorn and look at the pretty lights because this movie was gorgeous. The color palette of it was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it really was. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to really just absorb it as a movie and really absorb the plot and evaluate the details, do that. But if you want to just take the kids and eat some popcorn and and goof off and have fun, it's great. Yeah. Overall, I think this movie's great for little kids to adults. Yeah. And anything you want out of it, I think you're going to probably find it in some way. Johnny Summers, give me out of 10. 9.5. Perfect. I'm going to say a 9. It was great. Phenomenal. Great movie. I loved it. It's right up there with like Moana, Frozen, like Toy Story. Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as just, and I'm very partial to animated films. I really love like the Disney Pixar vibe. I really, really enjoy them. But this one is. Definitely a standout in that universe. Mm-hmm. So overall, that's a nine from Max. It's a nine five from me. Perfect. Uh, Coco's been out for a couple weeks. It aired. It aired. I don't know if it released on November twenty second. It is just shy of two hours. It's like an hour forty nine, yeah. uh, which is long for a children's film, but I think well worth it. Never felt long. No, it didn't feel long ever, which is great. Um, so go see it while you can. It's available everywhere. It will be for the next few weeks. Uh, we are going to jump to a short break. Come back with a third and final beer of the night. And the danger zone. And the danger zone. So please stick around. Johnny, I have bad news. What is the bad news? All of my podcasts are gone. They're just gone from my phone. I'm out of podcasts. Well, you ate them? What happened? They're just gone. I don't know, man. I need something else to listen to. You have any ideas? Yeah, you should for sure listen to a book. What do you mean? This like an audio book? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like reading, but you don't have to read. You can do stuff with your hands while you're doing it. Yeah, it's like getting read a story. Where can I get one of those? Um, you're going to want to go to Audible and check it out. I've heard of Audible. They have over 180,000 titles, don't they? That's correct, and it's available on any smartphone. And right now, for listeners of this podcast, we have a special promo with them. If you go to audibletrial.com slash FHC, you get a free 30-day trial and a risk-free download of any book you want. That's insane. Here's the thing, though. I, I'm sure I'll love it, but if I don't love it, can I keep my download? If you decide you don't want your Audible subscription, you can cancel anytime within 30 days and keep the free book. Well, that's crazy. I'm just going to go over to audibletrial.com slash FHC and get that download now. I highly recommend you do. We are back. It is time for The Danger Zone, where we uh, possibly spoil the movie. I don't know how much into the movie we're going to get this episode. Yeah, I don't know either. But be forewarned, there's possible spoilers. If we do talk about the movie, we'll, we, we will be discussing it as if we just watched it together and we're walking down the street. Uh, there will be a little bit more swearing, a little bit more chaos. Why do you assume there will be more swearing? I don't know. There might be. I it's get, like, because like where, where I'm allowed. 
Yeah. So I feel like I'm maybe like a baby goat that's been let out of his pen. Sure, he's going to scamper across to, the field they of don't profanity. Scamper, they frolic sure. across the fucking field, man. There it is. Yeah. So anyways, that's what's going to happen. Uh, and we're going to talk about our third, uh, second? Third, second beer. Sorry. Well, third I, segment, second beer. Yeah. Dude, I, I, snuck, get what you're saying. I snuck a Corona. You did. So this is my third variety of beers. Uh, you know, sticking on theme. Sure. I love Corona. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit it. Corona is a Spanish word. It means sun. So yeah, you're, you're in the clear. Does it mean sun? Mm-hmm. Dude, wait. What? I'm pretty sure it does. Are you? Mm, don't play with my emotions like this. So... On to our last actual craft beer that we're going to be doing. Uh, it's called My Black Parade. Yes. Don't start singing the song. Right. We've been stuck on My Chemical Romance's uh, Welcome to the Black Parade ever since he said that. When I was. And that's, you keep saying you, every time, like this is the third time, you're like, don't sing it. And then you'll start singing it. A young boy. Which I find humorous. <clears throat> My father. Why'd you pick this beer? Took me into the city. <laughs> I picked this beer because the label um, is phenomenal. It is a Day of the Dead bride or uh, woman, if you will. I'm not sure if she's a bride, but she's wearing all white, so it kind of makes me think that. But she's got a big veil, and she's got a big thing of flowers, and she's in uh, a, a cemetery, not unlike the ones that we saw in this film, uh, covered in candles, uh, very Day of the Dead. So this is just absolutely perfect. And it is a bourbon barrel-aged spiced ale. So this has a lot of Mexican spices in it. So it is very influenced by that culture and the flavor. And read, if you would, sure. young Maxwell, the back of that bottle. Great. Before I do, I want to make a correction. Corona does not mean sun. It means crown. But the ah. corona is the gassy part around the sun in English. Whoa. So I am going to take the, partial credit. It's the crown around the sun. Perfect. All right. Um, I don't know that I can read this without coughing. I'm still getting over my sickness. Oh, do you want me to read it? No, I can do this. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Just going to find the light. Here we go. Uh, no one knew her actual name. To most, she was simply Madame Marigold, Princess of the Black Parade. Each November 1st, perfect. Good call, man. She led a procession through the town square to a makeshift altar at an unmarked grave. Year after year, the processions grew larger and the celebrations more elaborate. Patiently, she waited for him always, yet he never arrived. Then one year, she too was gone. Her legacy endures as the Black Parade marches on despite her absence. Each fall, the entire village celebrates the live... That can't be right. Celebrates the live of all... Lives? There's probably supposed to be an S there. Celebrates the lives of all the departed, including Madame Marigold and her anonymous lover. Amazing. And that's the back of the bottle. <clears throat> Let's write the Lost Abbey and tell them they have a typo on their bottle. We should. Let's do that. Uh, but yeah, this is a 12%. 12.5? 12. Is that right? The bottle says 12. Okay. Maybe a different version. Yeah. Bourbon Barrel Age Spice Ale. So this beer, My Black Parade from Lost Abbey. This is going to be a strong ale. It's going to be brewed with cocoa nibs, not cacao, cocoa. Appropriate. Yeah. Cocoa nibs, <clears throat> vanilla beans, cinnamon, cardamom, smoked chilies, and of course, bourbon oak. Wow, that's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, the label tells uh, the story of unrequited love remembered on Dio de los Muertos, Dio de los Muertos uh, where people make a pilgrimage to an unmarked grave hoping their true love shows up. Interesting. I didn't read it as unrequited. I read it as more of like the situation in the movie today where he couldn't get back. Yeah. Wanted to, but couldn't. Yeah. Unfulfilled well, I love, mean, maybe. Unrequited is <clears throat> unfulfilled. Very that's similar. True. Yeah, I guess. Similar, but not. I wonder... 
Yeah, I wonder if it eh, doesn't matter. Well, no, unrequited would be something that's not reciprocated, whereas unfulfilled is maybe some, like you love me, but you can't get to me. Right. So I don't know. There's some distinctions. It's there. like if you asked me, do you love me? And I said, no, unrequited. Yep. But if you asked me, do you love me? And I had headphones in and couldn't hear you. I, that's not, it's, a, just, it's not unrequited. It's just like unclear, unclear love. Yes. Cloudy love. Exactly. A cloudy cloud of love. love. That's our next. Which is all love when it starts. Am I, that's, I'm not wrong. No, that's, that's, that's fair. That's how babies are made. Cloudy love. I regret going this route. I like it. No, I mean, <laughs> every relationship is very cloudy at the beginning. Sure, sure. You're, you're venturing into the unknown. It's yes. not unlike stumbling through a fog. Or stumbling with, across a bridge into the land of the dead. Yeah. Perfect. It's all just a mystery, <laughs> We're man. We're back. We're having um, fun. This beer, it, I'm going to read this description because it's metal as fuck. This beer pours darker than a moonless night. My Black Parade begins with a deep bouquet of rich chocolate and layered hints of cinnamon and oak. Huge flavors of cocoa on the palate with notes of vanilla, bourbon, and tobacco. Mm-hmm. Finishing with a crisp bite from the smoked chilies and cardamom. Yeah, I don't get any cardamom. No, which is I, good because cardamom is probably my <laughs> least favorite adjunct out of I all of these. I hate cardamom. Um, but I do taste a lot of the more tobacco-y, leathery quality. Even oak, maybe. Yeah. Um, this is a really smoky, this, gritty beer. The beer is phenomenal. I think I like it too. I don't. It's um, there's a weird distinction. I don't uh, like it, but I enjoy it. Like I appreciate it. Um, but I certainly like. There's no situation I can think of where I would crave this beer. You know what I mean? No. Um, yeah. I don't know. I know it's kind of a weird way to say it, but it's 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 got a lot going, but it's not fulfilling. See, it's for not me, requiting. It's it's unrequiting. <laughs> sure. For me, this is one of those beers uh, that it fulfills a stylistic desire that I have right. without the use of milk. Okay. So this is very similar to like a Chocoveza style of beer, uh, but it does not use lactose or milk. This which, is way less sweet than a Chocoveza. Oh, they're very similar. Do you think so? Yeah. I don't get that at all. Okay. It's like Chocoveza to me is a lot more um, holiday spicy. Yeah. A lot more cinnamon, nutmeg, vanilla. Definitely. Even. And this is more earth spice. Yeah. Um, no, I like it. It has a bit more of a depth to it. It's definitely not like superficially. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, it, okay, let me put it this way. All the ingredients of a cake have their own particular aroma and taste. And to me, Chocoveza is kind of like, or beer similar to that. I'm not going to throw Chocoveza mm-hmm. under the bus. They are very adjunct uh, driven sure. and or reliant, mm-hmm. meaning that they okay. just, yeah. they oh, this is cinnamon and nutmeg just in your face. Right. Um, this beer is like the combination of all those ingredients and baked into a beautiful spiced cake. It's subtle. It's subtle. You get... It's got an air of distinction and, yeah. and, and, and uh, sophistication to exactly. it. Exactly. All you. of the, the adjuncts that are there are there, but they've just been turned down a little bit. Yeah. The, the no, I get what you're saying. Uh, I'm trying to think of another example. Um, yours is really good. Well, maybe let's just let it roll then. Yeah, but I think I totally get what you're saying. It's like, yeah, here's like, wham, here's this thing for you. Yeah. You can, any anybody would taste these things. Yeah. And because this is more like you'd have to really let it sit and it's not so obvious. I mean, if you smell it, have you ever uh, smelled like a, a spiced fruitcake? Yeah. It sure. kind of smells like that. It yeah. has that like Christmassy, there's just cinnamony, mm-hmm. but it, it's all just grainy and kind of blended. It's it's really well balanced mm-hmm. is like the whole point. All of the adjuncts are very understated in a phenomenal way. Like this beer is just a, an amalgamation of a ton of adjuncts 
in a very smooth and palatable way. That's great. I think you are correct. Uh, yeah, if there's a right or wrong answer, you are right. I like it. Thank you. Um, and I've never had this beer, and it kind of bums me out. No, yeah, like, I haven't either. I haven't had a lot by Lost Abbey. No. Like the Lost Abbey, excuse me. I've heard nothing but good things. Mm-hmm. I've had a few of, of their beers throughout the years. Like Angel Share is really good. Mm. Uh, a lot of their stouts are really, really killer. Uh, but I have never had this one, and this might be a new maybe tradition for me in the fall. Sweet. I might be searching out for this beer again because I think this is, in fact, something that I would probably crave a little bit at this time of year. There's not a lot of beers with those type of adjuncts that are milk or lactose free. So yeah, true. This is one for me that is a definite head and shoulders standout over the competition. Sweet. Let's uh, let's talk price point, shall we? Yeah. This is uh, what a three thirty milliliter. Or am I tripping? Three seven five. Three seven five. Might be a five hundred. I don't think it's a. Is it? I don't, I don't know. know. Does it say I'm gonna look for it? Oh, it just says twelve point seven ounces. Someone do that math. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it either. Uh, but it's that big. Uh, how much was it? Ish. 20 bucks. Okay. Retail. Pricey. Yeah. Pricey beer. For a small quantity. Right. Um, in my opinion, it's worth it. Yeah. So this is definitely a, um, you know, a, I, would, I would do it a special occasion beer. Um, that's how I roll. This is either like something to be drank on the Day of the Dead. Sure. Which would be kind of cool um, when you're just wanting to remember important people. Mm-hmm. Or mm. maybe like the first really crisp, cold day of the year. Yeah. Some like... I would like to think that we all kind of decide when fall begins for us. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that too? Like, just it's not just a day on the calendar. You mean like it's an unspoken feeling yeah. that we have as a community? Yep. Sure. Or yeah. just even internally <clears throat> on a personal level. Yeah. Like, you know, this the, is fall now. Yeah. yeah like, like, we are, this is fall. Like, when you walk out on your porch and drinking coffee and, and you seat, trip and, and you're like, ah, I fell. It's yeah. fall. I fall. God, <laughs> God damn it. Yep. No, like that first morning when you wake up and you see your breath when you're drinking coffee on your front porch and like, it's just, it's here. Yeah, sure. Obviously like the leaves are a big indicator, but for me, it's always temperature. Fall has fallen. Yeah. This is a great cold, this is a great cold weather beer. Yeah. I love it. You want to give me out of 10? Eight, five. All right. Pretty good. Pretty good score. Yep. Uh, It's like a five, five for me. Really? It's fine. It's fine. I don't like... I, I'm not going to finish that. You want that? That's all yours. You can't have it because of my sickness. Yeah. Probably the, the herpes is what I mean. Did you? Um, yeah. But no, I, it's fine. I'm just not going to drink it. It's good enough, but mm. I don't, I don't love it. That's you know? okay. Well, that's the beauty of craft beer. It's sure. very uh, subjective. Yeah. Can we jump back to El Sully, our first beer of the night and talk about price point on that six pack as well? I feel yeah, like people like should know that. 10, 12 bucks for a six right. pack somewhere in there is real, really affordable. Sure. Yeah. yeah. 10 on the more affordable side, I suppose, but 12 bucks for a six pack is not the most affordable, right? Mm, probably not. Like if you're in Chico, you get a six or of any Sierra Nevada for seven bucks after seven, tax? eight Ish. bucks after yeah, tax. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's a little bit pricier, but it's a good craft beer that tastes like something that you would pay less for, but you'd also feel worse about buying if you have a soul, hopefully. Yeah. It's a craft version of something that right. you might uh, degrade yourself into buying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You now have a Day of the Dead tattoo? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Can you show me? Where is it on your body? It's right here. Ah, uh, show me another time. Yeah, no, it's the he pointed uh, to his butt. It's one of the like traditional skulls with flower eyes mm-hmm. and right. all that. Yeah, I got it the week after my dad was diagnosed to cancer. Oh wow! Yeah, when was that? Shoot, that was probably seven years ago now. Is your dad's still around? Yes. Great. Uh, my dad is actually healthier than I am. Fuck you, cancer. Yeah, no, he's yeah. a savage. Uh, the cancer 
didn't get him and he had a six-way emergency bypass. Wow. Because heart disease is genetic in my family. Yikes. He was healthy as a horse mm-hmm. and had a six-way bypass. That's crazy. Didn't I don't even know die. what that is. Didn't yeah. die. He's Good for him. It's amazing. Like, yeah. Uh, but I got that tattoo uh, within like probably two weeks of him like sitting me down and telling me that he had cancer. Uh, and it was, I did like a lot of research and, you know, it meant, it means a lot to me because it's kind of that they embrace death sure. in the the Mexican culture and just the, the day of the dead way of looking at it where, you know, it's, it's just as natural as a part of life, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, it was something that really noted a time for me and helped me process like mortality and nice, whatnot. Man. I just Great. thought it was relevant. I figured I'd throw that out there. I appreciate that. That is extremely relevant. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So this movie, like, it, it pulled on some strings mm-hmm. for me, too, just because I think I lost my grandma and my grandpa this year. Yeah. And yeah, my uncle. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of personal loss this year. Yeah. So it was really, it definitely brought that up a per- little bit. Personnel loss. Personnel? Personnel loss. God damn it. <laughs> I lost a lot of personnel. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't avoid that one. God damn it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yes. No, yes, it was it was interesting. And I really appreciate the way culturally they remember the people that they've lost. Yeah. Uh, I was speaking with my wife as we were leaving the theater about how kind of unjust it is that we, as, a, as an American society, don't really have a day mm. set aside like that where we remember people that we've lost in the last year or the last 10 years or 20 years, you know? like <laughs> We have a few days for, like, war people. Yeah, but what about just... Just people. My Uncle Dave. Yeah, right. You know, that taught me how to fish. Mm-hmm. Like, when does he get a day? Yeah, we should have one. We should. I think I'm just going to glom on with their day. Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good man. thing. I think it's good to remember people mm-hmm. that have passed and it's healthy. Just like life and death. You sure. know, you sing a lot of songs about stuff like that. I'm interested in it. It's yeah. It's yeah. you can't not be. It's universal. As a human. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that if it's not on your mind, then you're just like all jacked up on Mountain Dew or something. Right. So Yeah. It's good stuff. Well, shoot, man. Uh anything else you want to touch on? Uh, no, this beer was really good. Um, all the beers we drank tonight were good. It was a good episode. Go check out Coco. Grab this beer, drink it. Cause it's a day of the dead beer. Yeah. And it's great, uh, as a combo. Absolutely. And also a <laughs> big shout out, Brian Massa. Yeah. Brian. Thanks again, man. Appreciate that dude stopping by, taking some super sexy pictures of our ugly mugs. Yeah. If you want to know, I have access to all the photos, so I'm for sure going to post some embarrassing ones of the both of us. Oh God. Uh, equality. Um, so follow us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, um, all at Fresh Hop Cinema, uh, or or join us on Patreon like James did, like we said at the beginning, uh, and then you can come to our events that are really fun, and you can come to our movie nights, and you can listen to bonus episodes like we're about to record after this. Oh, God. <laughs> you just burp. I burped. Right? Oh, God. Just, oh, God. I uh, forgot. Uh, um, let's see. <clears throat> you guys want to hear this bonus 10 spot for a few days if you're on Patreon, but this week we're going to do the Big Lebowski, I think, right? Am I chipping? Yeah. Super <clears throat> exclusive sneak peek yeah. into the Patreon world. We're teasing a little bit. But yeah, if you're on Patreon. You know, it really became relevant because young Maxwell mm-hmm. just bought a rug. I bought a rug for the room. And it really ties the fucking room together, man. And that's almost a Big Lebowski quote. I think they said that. They didn't say, they didn't drop the F-bomb in there. They dropped the F-bomb more, yeah, a lot. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the 10 spot. Sure. Uh, All right. Well, for Fresh Hop Cinema, then, my name is Max Minardi. I am Johnny Summers. We'll catch you when we are older and dead. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Here we go. We're out of here. Report to that.
This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Cinema.